Greetings, Parish Orphans and Retrogrades. Tonight, a special Friday evening episode of Rules for Retrogrades with my friend, president of Lepanto Institute, Michael Hitchborn. I am pleased to have you with me, back with me, Michael. How the heck are you? I'm doing great. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on your show again. I'm glad the, glad to catch up. You know what else is a pleasure? Besides, it's great to see you. It's fun doing shows at an unusual time of the day. I don't know why. It makes makes it feel like this is super breaking news that we're talking about today. And of course, it it is shocking and it's practically breaking. The, U, the USCCB, as you talked about a couple months ago at the beginning of the summer when you were on my show, is back at it. They are, you just have a list of some wacky, more than wacky, some outright evil Molochian uh, beneficiaries of USCCB funding that are, to folks that are still naive about what the USCCB stands for, would be head scratchers. Not to you and me, though. Right. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, on the one hand, it is shocking and concerning and it's upsetting. But I, I was telling somebody earlier today that when I first started investigating the Campaign for Human Development, I was incredibly naive. I had this idea that, wow, I found something that the bishops are completely unaware of. And (laughs) all I've got to do is show them the material and they're going to be shocked and they're going to say, this is awful. We've got to fix this. Instead, as soon as I handed the material to them, I get boatloads of hate mail from bishops. Right. What are you doing? You hate Christ's poor. I'm like, what are you talking about? When you said you were naive, Steph, Steph just said over here with her little on the sly color commentary, she goes, oh, oh, Michael, that's adorable. Oh. <laughs> I mean, at that look, it should be the, the way that the world's arranged. The USCCB uh-huh. has this Catholic campaign for human development. And is this how it works from it? There are all these funnelings to these evil Evil side groups. I'm just reading a few of the ones you sent to me. Catholic bishops fund pro-abortion doulas for third consecutive year. What the hell is a doula? A lot of people out there think it's some weird, you know, I know some Catholics use them, but it's some some alternative to to main hospitals. And some of the doulas are outright pro-abortion. You also have Tompkins County Workers Center, uh, Lepanto Institute, which sounds like some Marxist stuff. You have a Cincinnati Interfaith Workers Center. Sounds like some wacky ecumenia. A beloved Community Incubator. This sounds uh, strange in its own right. St. Paul Youth Services, the Lepanto Institute. And um, here's a, a real shocker. U.S. Bishops, finance promoter of Planned Parenthood. Masturbation. I don't even say that word on air. Yep. And LGBTQ pride, right? Yeah. What the heck? So that particular uh, report, which just came out earlier this week, is about a grant that went to an organization called ABLE New Hampshire. ABLE New Hampshire has been getting grants from the CCHD since 2011. Uh, currently, they, they um, are the recipient of a $40,000 grant from the CCHD. And we've you know, we, we've uh, reported on Able New Hampshire for little things. You know, it's they're part of a coalition that's promoting homosexuality and uh, the campaign for human development doesn't really pay a whole lot of attention to that kind of activity. But as I was digging around recently, what I discovered is that Able New Hampshire is actively participating and promoting Planned Parenthood. And, and right at the very beginning of this article, you can see Planned Parenthood action of uh, New, Northern New Hampshire, okay, they or Northern New England, rather, they have a statement on their website, and it says, it, it starts off by saying, well, oh, a little background, Able New Hampshire, their whole thing is, is um, advocacy for the disabled, so they're, they're like, you know, trying to help people who are disabled and, and uh, advocate for them, and, and it's, you know, it sounds all wonderful and good. But then listen to this. So Planned Parenthood says they've just released this, um, this statement and, and um, expression that they're going to be helping people who are disabled. And it's, it says, we are committed to providing, promoting, and protecting access to sexual and reproductive health care through an anti-ableism viewpoint. 
So what they're saying is you who can walk and you who, who are not blind and you who are not deaf, you're, you're abled. And an ableist is somebody who doesn't have any regard for people who are disabled. So we're trying to do this through an anti-ableism viewpoint, promoting access to reproductive health and sexual, you know, all that stuff says we cannot have true sexual and reproductive freedom until we acknowledge that ableism is a barrier to quality health care. What do they mean here? What they're talking about is providing services and providing um, uh, commodities and providing education to the disabled. By education, they mean sex education. By commodities, they mean things like contraception. By services, they mean abortion. Okay, so this is what Planned Parenthood means. Then you scroll down just a little bit in this statement and says, this work is a journey and Planned Parenthood of Northern New England will continually strive for improvement. We thank the many self-advocates and organizations who collaborated with us, including ABLE New Hampshire. Okay, so ABLE New Hampshire actively participated in helping Planned Parenthood craft this statement. And then ABLE New Hampshire on their own social media came right out and said, yeah, we helped Planned Parenthood craft this statement. Isn't it great? And you can see all this in our report. If you go to lepontoin.org, it's the, uh, the first article that pops up right now. And, and it's not new. This isn't something that just came out of nowhere. On October the 5th, ABLE New Hampshire uh, plugged, they, they posted a link to this program that was put out by Planned Parenthood. And the, the title is Sex and Disability. And it was vile. I watched the video and, and you know, I don't, when I do my research, I, I don't leave any, any strings untied. I, I go and I, I look and I figure out, okay, what are they talking about here? What are they doing? What was this all about? Yes, they're promoting Planned Parenthood, but I better be able to know exactly what it is they're talking about because maybe Planned Parenthood's talking about um, breastfeeding or something. <laughs> you know, you, know you, you just don't know. So I watched the whole thing. It was disgusting. It was absolutely vile. It was promoting pr promiscuous sex. And at one point, the, the lady who was talking about this whole thing even advocated for prostitution among the disabled. So literally, Planned Parenthood is trying to pimp the disabled, and they're using ABLE New Hampshire, this organization that's supposed to be an advocacy group for the disabled, to do it. It's disgusting. So, yeah, I'm looking at the list here. ABLE New Hampshire partnered with Planned Parenthood to develop a statement on people with disabilities uh, to make Planned Parenthood services more acceptable to the population of people with disabilities. This includes, uh, you know, promoting Planned Parenthood on social media, promoting a Planned Parenthood event titled Sex and Disability, which might be what you're talking about here, promoting sex education programs that promote masturbation, contraception, abortion to people with disabilities. It sounds like prostitution. Is this for real? Posted a pro-abortion message on social media, was a vendor at the Queen City Pride Festival. This is disgusting. Yeah. Avidly promotes homosexuality and transgenderism. So people out there, Michael, are wondering how attenuated is the causal chain of connection between individual Catholic bishops, imagine a bishop, you know, get a, get a phantasm in your mind of a bishop, you know, but a lot of people are thinking of, I don't know, whoever it is, their bishop or Robert Barron, whatever, given his agency, whatever bishop you're thinking about, there's the USCCB, which is the National Bishops Conference, which doesn't have magisterial authority, but has some sort of imputed authority after Vatican II. And then they have this CCHD, Catholic Campaign for Human Development Funnel Group. And then that funnel group puts it in different pots, right? And, and one of them is this, just we're just the first one that you ran into the details of was the Able New Hampshire. So how much, if we run that back up the flagpole to whatever bishop I'm thinking of right now, how much agency, how much uh, culpable mens rea is there for this bishop up here and 
the you know the attached guilt to this faulty beneficiary down here mm -hmm. so uh the catholic campaign for human development the, there are two two things that need to be understood here the first yeah. is that whenever they take up collection money 25 percent of what is collected for the campaign for human development remains in the diocese the other 75 percent goes on to the national collection so the bishops, sometimes the response from the CCHD is, well, that didn't happen in our diocese. Our diocese only funds good groups. Uh, well, except your excellency, now you know this bad group got funded by the national CCHD and 75% of what you collected went on to this national collection. So therefore you have an obligation to either no longer participate or to require that that, that sort of donation not happen. Uh, so that's one thing. The other side is that the, the, the process of vetting a grant, when the CCHD vets a grant, they have a local meetup where they go to the local organization, they discuss things, they go over the grant proposal, they go over uh, what they can and cannot do as a grantee of the CCHD. They write up a report. They take that report and they hand it to their bishop. And their bishop looks at it, looks at the information that's handed to them and then stamps his seal of approval that goes back to the CCHD director. The CCHD director then compiles this into an application that goes on to the national CCHD. That goes up the chain, and then that gets rubber stamped by the executive director of the, C the national CCHD, and I believe the subcommittee of the national CCHD also uh, gives their approval to these national grants. And then, of course, that goes back to the local. So to answer your question, Sometimes they're able to snow the bishop. Sometimes they're able to hide information and keep the bishop in the dark. And, and then when questions arise, the, the, the CCHD director says, oh, I know that this report came out, but you know what? We looked into it and they're just lying. They're, they're making this up and, and they actually manipulated some of the images themselves. And, and it's not, you're not really seeing what you think you're seeing. They do this. They actually do this. I've had meetings with CCHD directors uh, back in, from 2010 to 2013. Uh, but there's another part that I, <laughs> I actually, when I do these reports, I send a press release that goes out to every bishop in the country. So I know that it goes to their email inbox and they get this report, which means the bishop has personal knowledge of what I'm reporting. So I don't know how they can exonerate themselves from whatever it is that, that we're finding. But when, when the CCHD comes out and, and we point a finger at CCHD, they say, oh, but all these grants are approved by the bishops, as if that somehow exonerates what they're doing instead of indicting the bishop too. Exactly. It would it would inculpate the bishop. It wouldn't exculpate the right CCHD worker. Now, who are the, the CCHD directors? Are these Susan from the, the, the parish council, some uh, Tivo wearing ex nun, you know, with a with a long streak of feminism from the parish council that kind of have their hands in everything in parish life? Are these uh, cucked? Laymen are they these male feminists? Laymen are these just in, li, infiltrating liberals? Who who are these guys? And how big is the CCHD's payroll? Uh, the payroll is that's a good question. I couldn't possibly quantify that. I don't have that kind of number uh, to go with. But um, what I do know is that, and I'm trying to find is it this group. Um, what I do know is that uh, the CCHD, when, when you look at the uh, individual directors, a lot of them are nuns. Uh, some of them are priests or monsignors, but then a whole lot of them are, are a whole lot of them are just these uh, limp-wristed, uh, simpy and, and mealy-mouthed yeah. Karens. I, I don't know. You know. There's no other way to describe them. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a smattering of the yeah. three demographics that I was asking about. I mean, look, so this is I, I'm, I'm just straight talk now. 
I want to pitch this to you. How annoyed or enraged should one be at the bishop when they're like, what's going on with this? This is unacceptable. How much, I guess, how much attenuation in the chain of command is there there? In your, in your view, without being too specific, give us the, the overview. Should the bishops be held accountable for this? Well, let's turn it around. Yeah. Let's suppose uh, we were living in a kingdom and you knew that the grand vizier of, of the kingdom or, or one of the king's advisors was taking money and actually using the funds to hand over to an enemy army <laughs> so that he could raise money to attack the castle with. How angry should you be if that was happening? And if that is pretty angry, well, multiply it by a thousand because this is the church. And these aren't enemy armies just trying to conquer some land. These are enemy and agents who are trying to destroy souls, which have infinite value. So that's how angry we should be. Thanks. That, that's helpful. So there's enough nous there. There's enough uh, in, intelligible evidence for bishops, individual bishops and individual dioceses to be like, look, I want out of this. How could an individual bishop opt out of this? Or are they automatically signed up? as a part and parcel of being a member of the USCCB. And do bishops have to be part of the USCCB? Can you be like, no, this is gay, man. No. Yeah. They, they could bow out. They have no, the, the USCCB has no authority, authoritative power or decision-making power whatsoever. Now they have democratically elected processes and they, they have democratically elected or, or determined courses of action, or they may democratically decide we're going to adopt this document collectively but even if they do, it has no binding canonical power on the bishop whatsoever, not a bit. So any bishop can just bow out and say, you know what, I'm out. You guys, you do you, but I'm sick and tired of the crap, so I'm out. Um, and they should. They should be doing this. They should have the cojones to come right out and say, you're doing something horribly evil and by participating that, I am, I am really putting my soul at, at risk because I would then be helping to finance the enemies of the church too. Yeah. I'm looking at this other story by you. Uh, it's from, I guess, May the 2nd of this year. Catholic bishops fund pro-abortion doulas for third consecutive year despite 2020 warning. A new report from the Lepanto Institute proves that the U.S. CCB is providing a third consecutive grant to an organization that advocates for abortion access to women in prison. And they have, they have ties to like witchcraft. Yes. This, this is definitely what we would call in law real notice, real or constructive notice. They know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the organization is called the Ostara Initiative. And if you go to the Ostara Initiative website, they actually say, this is a quote, inspired by the word Ostara with origins in the celebration of spring and regrowth, Ostara Initiative is the mother organization of other prison doula projects. So what does Ostara mean? You know, they said it's a celebration of spring and growth. I remember so like, this from last year. I saw this last year from Lepanto Institute. Sorry, go on. I remember yeah. the Ostara stuff. So... I went to the Boston Public Library and I got a definition. This is a quote from the Boston Public Library. It says, Ostara is a Wiccan holiday and one of the eight Sabbaths. Ostara celebrates the spring equinox. Remember, they said it's a celebration of spring. Ostara celebrates the spring equinox. The word Ostara comes from the Anglo-Saxon goddess name, Osterte. Osterte represented spring and new beginnings. Okay. So then we took a look at their symbol and I don't know if you can show a picture of this, but um, the, the symbol of the Ostara initiative, if, if you look at it, it looks like a, almost like a Lotus flower, like a geometric Lotus flower. I'm and looking at it. Yeah. On the inside is this pinwheel with different phases of the moon. Yep. Okay. So I went to, wikipedia to look up well what what is this 
what does this symbol mean? And I found something called the Wiccan Wheel of the Year. And if you look at the, uh, the Ostara symbol and then you look at the Ostara Wiccan Wheel of the Year, it's the same thing. It's the same symbol. Um, and what you learn is that the inner circle of the Ostara's logo is a combination of the two symbols. So one is, is this picket cross, this, this uh, eight-armed sun cross, and the other is this um, thing with the, the flower and the circles in it. But then there's another thing. The, the Minnesota Prison Doula Project, Ostara Initiative, started off as basically just the Minnesota Prison Doula Project. That expanded and grew, and then it became the Ostara Initiative, which took on all these other pr different prison doula projects as well. The symbol for the Minnesota Prison Doula Project, and I think you can see this, is a circle with a crescent to the left and a mm -hmm. crescent to the right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That symbol is the Wiccan symbol of the triple goddess. It is exactly the same. There is no stylization. There's no stylistic augmentation of it. It is literally lifted right out of witchcraft. It is the symbol of the triple goddess from witchcraft. And that's interesting because the original name of the Minnesota Prison Doula Project was Isis Rising. Oh, what? Yeah, this is from a 2016 press release from the Minnesota Prison Doula Project. This is what this is what they say, quote, as we sadly say goodbye to our beloved goddess Isis and the warm beginnings we found at Everyday Miracles change our name to reflect the statewide effort that is about to begin. Uh, and then we found a 2013 quote from Erica Garrity, who she's the co-founder of the Ostara Initiative. She says, with regard to the name Isis Rising, she says, the point is, it's benefiting, benefiting us all, says Garrity about the privately funded doula program she named Isis Rising after the Greek goddess of motherhood and fertility. So this is all witchcraft. It's all witchcraft. The symbols are witchcraft. The, the names are witchcraft. Uh, there's, and, and of course, as you start diving into what they're doing and what they're, what they're promoting they're promoting abortion and what is witchcraft all about it's about child sacrifice so you start putting the pieces together and you go okay so the cchd is literally funding a witchcraft centered organization tell me how are we not giving money to the enemies of christ i know so t look i i know normally this is the wet the procedural due process of like this show is I'm like, here are the facts, and then I zoom out. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think they mean. And I know you're, we need Lepanto. We need Church Militant. We need LifeSite News to go in there and get the facts and be, for the sake of specificity, so specific that they don't even have the time to zoom out to 50,000 feet and tell us, what does this mean? But now that I have you here, and I know what your your day-to-day -day and your week-to-week -week looks like a little bit, just because we have a lot of the same friends and we become friends. But I want, I just want to ask you, why is this happening? What's the big picture here? I know we got a couple more stories. I'll let you spit whatever the th third and fourth and fifth most shocking ones are at the uh, retrogrades and parish organs out there. But, but wait a second. First, so you got a story where, uh, you know, New Hampshire ableists or whatever it's called, they're they're giving abortion to disabled people and they're selling sexual sin to disabled people and they're even pushing prostitution yeah. on disabled people. Okay, so that's one story. And then you get another one where the bishops through an intermediary through the CCHD are giving money to to witches in the name of witchcraft with witchy symbols everywhere, like even witchy names. Even witchy names. So what's going on? I mean, like, say it for the normies out there that don't know about Pizzagate and they don't understand what what the rest of us have learned about the world in the last six or seven years. What 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 the hell's going on? Why are the bishops doing this, Michael? So the Second Vatican Council 
is used as a baseball bat to say that we opened up the windows to the world and the world came into the church. Well, no, it didn't. Or it did, but it came in like a virus. Because the fact of the matter is, the world is the enemy of the church. It is never meant to be an ally of the church. But the bishops, because of certain phrases that came out of the Second Vatican Council that gave the idea that we should be collaborating with the world, suddenly we're now agents of the world. Because these are not Catholic programs that are being instituted. They are worldly programs that are being instituted with Catholic funds. And then you've got, on the flip side, you've got Catholic Relief Services, which is out there promoting programs that were created by the U.S. government. They're spreading contraception through these programs, and they're doing it with government money. But they're using the name of the Catholic Church to do it. To be honest, I can't think of a greater example of the Whore of Babylon uh, out there, because what does it mean? What they're doing is they're prostituting the church. They're pimping the church. They're saying that the church, whose primary mission is charity, which means the salvation of souls, and they're taking that idea and they're flipping it into philanthropy and saying, well, we have to go out there and feed bodies. Well, that's great. Feed bodies. Yes, our Lord fed bodies. Our Lord multiplied loaves in order to feed bodies. But you know what else he did? He preached and he converted souls. But these people are not preaching. They're not converting souls. And, and what they're ultimately doing is feeding bellies and starving souls. That's their whole purpose. And the only reason that they are doing that is because they are so wedded to worldly ideas and this idea that we can have heaven on earth, the new Babylon, the new, um, uh, the new great idea that is this world philanthropy through the auspices of the Catholic Church. That's garbage. It's nonsense. It'll never work. You can't make allies with your enemies. Just read Sirach 12. Uh, it's it's all right there. But that's that's why things are happening from the 3,000 foot marker anyway. But I mean, let's go even a little higher into the, the atmosphere, if, if you don't sure. mind. Indulge me for a second. Because you mentioned the Whore of Babylon, right? Mm -hmm. The Whore of Babylon is is Nero in, in Rome, in the, you know, the contemporary Whore of Babylon that's being written about in the book of Revelation. Sure. But we're to expect another one accompanying a great apostasy. Yep. And some people say the Whore of Babylon will appear in Jerusalem. Others will say Rome. It's not pat. It's not a defined issue for us Catholics. Mm -hmm. If the second Whore of Babylon that comes in the end times with not not one of the great apostasies, but the final apocalyptic great apostasy were to be configured into Rome rather than Jerusalem, then it starts to look a lot like some sort of capital G, capital A, great apostasy. Like you're getting orders from Rome for the bishops' conferences to be helping witches, helping Satanists, giving to Planned Parenthood, doing everything that they're doing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't not look like that. That's all I'm saying. What do you say? So I, I look at the, uh, the book of Revelation. I... I think that if you try to read it as a, um, as a text that is going to give us an idea of to, as, as to what the structure of the world is going to look like, then you're going to miss some of the meaning. I like to, to just kind of get to the spiritual understanding of it. And I think that the whore of Babylon truly does represent the Gnostic church. It's, it's the, uh, the anti-church. It's, it's the church that pretends to be the church, but is the exact opposite. So the church is pure. She's virginal, right? But the anti-church is a prostitute because she's the inverse of the church. If you look at the trappings of the whore of Babylon, she's wearing jewels. She's wearing purple and scarlet, which are the colors of the church, by the way. So she's wearing things that look like the church. And so people are fooled by her. And what does she do? She drinks with the, the kings of the world, she, she has fornication with the kings of the world, and they get drunk on her. So you have the kings of the world now who are catering to the church, or they're going to the church, and they're saying, hey, 
we need to go to the church in order to uh, to have kind of at least what looks like the moral aptitude to or the moral permission to do what they're doing. Uh, this is why we have things like the world meeting of uh, popular movements going on in Rome, where the, you get a bunch of communist groups, and I mean literal communist groups, hammer and sickle, AK-47 toting uh, communist groups, going to Rome and participating in this great event and saying, oh, we're all for social justice. Now you're for social justice under a hammer and sickle. Um, this is why we have Pope Francis pushing the world, the, the sustainable development goals of the United Nations, and why Jeffrey Sachs seems to have a perpetual office in the Vatican, why Paul Ehrlich, who is the, the author of the population bomb, going to Rome. All of these people go to Rome, they participate in these big events, they have their champagne and their big dinners, and they shake each other's hands, and they have all these big financiers. Who are the financiers, the funders? You've got the Rockefellers, you've got the um, the International Monetary Fund uh, people that are that are bankrolling the whole thing. Um, you have well, they had, Francis. They had the WEF. Uh, the I was just going to go there. Yeah, let's go there. Let's go there, man. So the world, the World Economic Forum. Now, here's something that people are not going to see coming. Pope Francis is playing both sides of the aisle. You've got the World Economic Forum, but on the other side, you've got the World Social Forum. The World Economic Forum is supposed to be this big capitalist thing where all these big magnates from the various industries get together and they talk about how we're going to make the world a better place for people who are poor. The World Social Forum was created as a direct counter to the World Economic Forum. It is a bunch of communists. It was founded in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. And it was founded by a bunch of communist groups who got together and, and said, we're going to have these big marches and we're going to look for making another world because another world is possible. That's their moniker. At the end of the day, currently, the World Economic Forum is pushing what they call the Great Reset, right? And how are they going to do it? They're talking about upending the, uh, the world economic structure. Why? so that everything is more equitable and everything is more on an evil, even playing scale and people can have a chance to rise up from the ashes. Freudian slip. You, you, you said more on an evil playing scale. Yeah, just, yeah. Take a look at Klaus Schwab's wardrobe, Michael. The, yeah, the yeah. Dr. Evil outfits. You know, he's got- <laughs> He space. looks like a Bond villain. He's got space suits. He's a Bond villain. And he admits you're going to have nothing and you're yep. going to be happy. And this is supposed to happen by 2030. Yep. And the, the, the Vatican is complicit in this. Uh, oh, yeah. what's, what's his name? The president of the UN. You mentioned J uh, Jeffrey Sachs, Emma Bonino, the number one abortionist in Europe. Uh, what is it? Uh, Moon is his Ban Ki Moon. Mm -hmm. Ban Ki Moon. Thank you. Ban Ki Moon. Uh, all of the, the major world economic players from. I, guys, I have friends who have been there to Davos and have stories that involve bishops. I won't name any names that would make your head spin mm. at the world economic forum. Michael, my friend, I'm not going to say who my friends are, but I've had friends that got in and wow. literally they had black magic shapeshifters. And according to them, there were Catholic bishops that were all excited to go see these presentations. It turns out things got really, 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 rabbit hole tonight but it's a friday night show got really yeah. red pilled it turns out that all the key players in the global elite really are playing at some real non-allegorical faustian set of bargains set of faustian bargains mm -hmm. where the devil gives extra power extra money extra powers in the set of potencies to people that that do deals with him yes and i i don't <sighs> That this is real and it and it influences the church as well. The church is now acknowledging it plays a role in the WEF. It's it's there at Davos and that it's it's just too shocking, man. And then you start seeing where the money trails lead you, which is really what Lepanto's second and none at. And you're like, yeah, they're funding the Faustian mm -hmm. anti-desiderata, the, sure. the evil desiderata that would be the druthers of 
Faust, uh, you know, the guy who controls Dr. Faustus, the devil. Yeah, Dr. Faust, Jesus. Uh, Dr. Faustus. <laughs> I mean, no one, we didn't get enough mileage out of Dr. Fauci and Dr. Faustus. I know, yeah, I, yeah. A couple tweets. But it's but, really, really striking stuff. Well, it is. And at the end of the day, it makes sense if you understand where these people came from. Because, okay, let's go back to uh, Pope Leo Thirteenth. Pope Leo Thirteenth in 1884, he suddenly falls into what seems like a trance, almost dead. His, his cardinals rush around. They think that he's dying or dead, and they're, they're ready to hold a conclave until finally he wakes up and he says, I saw a horrible sight. And I, I heard this terrible conversation between the devil and Christ. And he, he described this conversation where the devil approached Christ and said, if I had more time and more power, I could destroy your church. And our Lord said, how much time and how much power do you need? Yeah, yeah. And what, what was it the devil said? He said, about 75 to 100 years and more power over those who would give themselves over to me. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't just mean that he has power over them, but that he has a reciprocal power, that he's able to grant them abilities that they wouldn't normally have. This was in 1884. Okay. What happened shortly after? Then all of a sudden, we've got this huge industrial revolution going on all over the world, a massive rise in technology. Suddenly, people are making money hand over fist on huge industrial scales. They're, they're making... Uh, railways and they're, they're building cars and they're building airplanes. And then suddenly they're, they're doing things with electricity that no one ever considered doing. And then the, the mass communication takes off. And then they started, we went from horse buggy to going to the moon in 60 years, six zero in 10,000 years of human history. We right. have never, ever, seen that kind of skyrocketing ability in technology ever not once is is technology advanced that quickly so if you go back to what pope leo the 13th heard having to do with the devil give, getting more power because our lord said you have the time you have the power do with them what you will suddenly all these magnates these people in, in industries who are freemasons because back in the 1800s, all those industry magnates, they were all Freemasons. Every single one of them. Still are. <laughs> Still are. Okay. And, and now their protégés, their offspring have taken over those industries. They've split, they've branched um, all of the, you know, they've had infighting takeovers and whatnot. But at, at the end of the day, these Masonic influencers have taken over effectively the entire world and Freemasonry a lot of people think, oh, it's just a men's club and they have they have these funny ceremonies and, you know, the Shriners, they've got the funny hats and they ride these funny little cars and parades. There are certain orders within Freemasonic sects that have absolutely everything to do with conjuring and casting spells. If you look at the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, for instance, mm -hmm. um, William Butler Yeats was a member of that. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got the Rosicrucians who are all about Masonic mysticism. Uh, you've got the Ordo Templi Orientis, uh, of which Aleister Crowley was a member. And you look into those branches of Freemasonry, and what are they doing? They're summoning demons. They're literally summoning demons. They're practicing sex magic. They're summoning demons. They're engaging in child sacrifice. They're engaging in homosexuality. And then you start to look at the boom in the music industry, and what are they singing the praises of? Aleister Crowley. They're singing the, pray, the, the message of his um, Abbey of Thelema, okay? And then you, you start looking at the cultural influences, what happened there? And then, <laughs> oddly enough, after Pope Francis comes in, we've got the, uh, the head of the Pontifical Council for Culture tweeting lines from Rocket Man when, um, when David Bowie died. Now tell me, what does Rocket Man have anything to do with the church? What do those lyrics have anything to do with the church? But if you understand the occult origins of David Bowie and what he was involved in, suddenly it makes sense. So there are deep Masonic dark secrets and you look at their, their, their costumes and you see how they parade around. Yes, they're involved in the occult and the occult is effective. It does 
work. Demons exist. Hell exists. Hell has power because God allows them to. Amen. I, I mean, look at this, man. Mozart was a Freemason. Yes, he was. The magic flute is all about getting extra powers from mm-hmm. the devil yep. by making a deal with them. Think of, uh, we already talked about the Mephistophelian stuff, Dr. Faust. All the, the multiple different reiterations of, of Goethe's Faust that, that made it into uh, orchestral music in the 17 and 1800s. Look at Wagner. They're telling us the meta narrative, the meta narrative. And then, and then all of a sudden, why did we get a, a Trump victory in November of 2016? It's because of Julian Assange and the WikiLeaks dump, which told us that the Podestas and the Clintons were actually doing real. Like sex magic, witchcraft. It's real. It's in private emails, folks. I would have thought this stuff was, I did think all this stuff was crazy. I thought it was all allegorical Mm. before in 2013, 2014, 2015. And when you you come across, Michael, I'm glad this conversation took this turn, man. But when you come across a buddy, a normie that still thinks in this blue-pilled way that, that all of us thought in, in 2012, 2013, 2014, that does that a buddy that doesn't know Alex Jones was right. Like, <laughs> come on, catch up to the times, man. This is real. This is happening. And I think that's that's why I wanted to go zoom out to sure. zoom back in. That's the only possible explanation for yeah. substantiating the clown world, man. The clown world where the Catholic Church is giving money to witches and abortionists and uh, disabled prostitutors. Well, it's just, unbelievable. Just looking within the ranks of, say, the, um, the sex abuse crisis, you can see the influence of the occult even there. Um, you have these child pornography rings among priests, and, and they're targeting children. They're, they're engaging in, in uh, uh, switching around and, and sharing these, these kids as sex toys. It's, it's horrific. But where you have that kind of abuse, you always, always have the occult. And then you've got, of course, Maliki Martin's famous opening to Windswept House, where he talks about this occult ritual. And we know for a fact that Agnes, the girl who was raped uh, in that occult ritual, existed. She was real. You did an interview with uh, Rachel. Um, I, I can't pr- I can never pronounce her last name. Gastro- Mastro Giacomo. That's it. Mastro Giacomo. Yeah. 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 So you you did an interview with her and she was ritually abused by a priest. I, I was just on the phone with her yesterday. We're talking. We were we were looking into a few other things, but um, she was actually ritually satanically abused by a priest who was preparing her for a black mass. So, yes, this stuff is real. It exists. Cardinal Bernardin, who was Father Bernardin, is the one who allegedly raped um uh, Agnes in Windswept House. And then I've, I've heard about uh, certain occult things that are going on in the Archdiocese of Chicago uh, that I'm not really at liberty to discuss, but I've heard some myself. Yeah. On so, June the 29th, the feast of Saints Peter and Paul, nine years, Michael, before uh, Pope, Pope Paul VI came out with that smoke of Satan has... Mm-hmm. Um, has snuck into by some mysterious means, no, not by a mysterious means, some fissure into the the sanctum sanctorum. That that was nine years to the day before that. Allegedly, if you take Malachi Martin at his word, yeah, and I don't have any reason not to. I don't need. Well, I used to not believe. I I mean, before I read the book, I was mm-hmm. like, I've I've heard of the Agnes bit. I don't know when I we before you before you red pill, and everyone be careful not to black pill. But it just sounds like a tall order, man. I mean, you can't even blame. In 2015, 2014, you couldn't blame normies for being normies. But now it's all out. You can go look at the pedophiliac-styled art of John and Tony Podesta on the internet. You can go look at it now. Go look at um, Anderson Cooper's mom, who is Gloria Vanderbilt. You can look at the swimming pool that she had underground. You can go look at her demonic art that was hanging above his bed. Mm-hmm. Pictures of them. 
all the stuff starts to make sense. What you need to do, Michael, this would be yeoman's labor, is start connecting the dots, though I don't want you to get killed because you're a good <laughs> dude. Start connecting the dots between the Pizzagate stuff in D.C. and because it's the number, I think it's the number one city in America where children are reported missing. And of course, our old friend, Uncle Ted McCarrick. Oh, yeah. Someone needs to look into that, but I just don't want you to get uh, suicided, right? I, I, you don't you don't typically take take uh, take dives in the East River wearing concrete no, shoes, do no. you? In fact, right? I, I stay very much at home, and I uh, I have a very healthy uh, family life, and uh, I love my family, and I love my life, and I would never commit suicide. So you said it here, good. Yeah, I said it here, and and you can always refer back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not depressed at all right now. That's right. I am not depressed in any way, shape, or form, and I don't do drugs. All right, me neither. I've never done drugs, even, yeah, me even in my days as a rocker. I've literally never even smoked a doobie, man. I've never even smoked a cigarette. Someone got me to smoke some cigars and I'm not, I'm not good at it. I was hanging out with some kids at Franciscan at one of their, uh, their households there. And I couldn't even keep the damn thing lit. So I I just, I've gotten into plenty of trouble in my day, but, but, but the the drugs that just, that just isn't my thing. And uh, that keeps you from being depressed. Look, well, I want to tell everyone out there, we're trying to hit 40,000 subscribers in a reasonable amount of time. So subscribed to this channel. Don't just like the video. Don't just leave a comment. Do those two things as well. But subscribe to this channel, please, and, and click the notification bell so you'll know when videos come up or else it's not relevant. And if you want to support this channel, Parish Orphans, Retrogrades, Timothy J. Gordon on Patreon.com. We need your help. In the month of October, we have some enhanced benefits coming out, some extra meetings for you. We've got a social club, St. Luke's Socials Society, that's starting to meet people out there, the parish orphans, the retrogrades, they want to be able to meet each other. All you have to do is be a $5 patron or more. And you have access to all this good stuff that we're starting this fall. Um, fun book clubs and even watching clubs, though some of our watching clubs involve subsidizing the Leviathan uh, Netflix, wow. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Michael, do you have any parting shots? This has been great. I'm glad we went into the, the meanings behind what well, wispily hanging in the air like the ether behind the facts. We didn't Absolutely. do that last time. Yeah, no, no, no. This, is, this has been fantastic. It's actually something I've wanted to do for a while. Um, I want to go back to one point before we leave. Yes, sir. Because uh, I was talking, we talked a lot about the World Economic Forum. The flip side of this is the World Social Forum. Yeah. The world, so the World Economic Forum, we talked about how they're doing the Great Reset and all that stuff. The World Social Forum, suddenly, which they've been in opposition to the World Economic Forum this whole time, suddenly... They now want to have what's called the great transition. <laughs> really? Yes. I'm not kidding. And yeah, what's yeah. more is that while Pope Francis is over there lauding and applauding the World Economic Forum and giving them accolades, Caritas Internationalis, the Vatican's agency, which is in charge of all of the various Caritas organizations throughout the world, Catholic Relief Services included, is on the governing body of the World Social Forum. It is on the, the uh, I think they call it the International Council. And we also have video of World Social Forum events doing what? Having witchcraft ceremonies where they're praising Pachamama and they're doing all this other stuff. They, they have all these elements out. They even lit a black candle. Can you imagine that? Wow. In the middle of, of one of their meetings. Yep. Right there. Black candle. So this is all interconnected and it's, it's, it's what's called the Hegelian dialectic, where you've got the two sides of the same coin. Uh, on the one side, you've got the World Economic Forum, capitalism. On the other side, you've got the World Social Forum, communism. And False what are they doing? Side. Yeah. They're trying to hit right in the middle where they create a new world order where there is equity. Okay, because that's the buzzword for both sides. You've got equity on the left and equity on the right. What does that mean? That means I'm going to take from you and give to somebody else because you don't need it as much as they do. That's what it means. Yeah, amen. Yeah, the the German word is the Aufhebung, which means it's the, the Hegelian dialectic proper where you have a position 
and a negation of the position and a higher third is uh, subsumed uh, or, right. or a, a thesis and antithesis and, and a, synthesis. a synthesis. And, uh, but they, they don't tell you that's what they're doing. Oh, of course right. not. Hegel tells you that they're, what they're literally doing is they set up false opposition, much as the, 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 uh, the single party system here in America, right? The, the, the fake Republicans is like all the Republicans, what we used to call the rhinos before you get too red pilled, you learn about their funding streams and they're just doing the same thing as yeah. the Dems. And so it's, it's false opposition. It's, it's controlled opposition. Yep. So I didn't even know about this other group, you know, that was a socialist version of the world economic forum, but the world economic forum wants to do socialist things. They want to bankrupt everyone. Right. They want to buy all our land. They want us to come become bug men who live in smart cities in a pod, literally eating bugs and uh, we'll have nothing and we'll be happy, according to them. And Agenda 2030 is the way that they're going to accomplish all this. And so was that little, I forget what it was called, the uh, the cold that everyone was worried about. Oh, yes. That Had a little role in this thing. Yeah. So, man, I'm glad we went here. Uh, Michael, where can people donate to you, to, do, to Lepanto? How can they help? How can they get involved? Absolutely. So we are completely donor-driven. If you go to our website, lepantoin.org forward slash donate, you can give us a contribution. Uh, but more importantly, go to the website uh, on the, on the uh, menu bar at the top, lepantoin. Okay, you can see the name right there, lepantoin.org, and then sign up for the newsletter because that we send out a newsletter once a week. Uh, we try not to bother your inbox too much, um, but I try to fill it with things that are going on and that we're researching and things that we discover. And we just want you to be informed and uh, know how to anchor yourself in the coming storm. Amen. Deus volt. That's what we say here. We Amen. say Deus volt. God wills it, man. God bless you, Michael. We each are patriarchs of seven child households. Uh, God bless your family. God bless your, your, your one daughter we were talking about in particular. And um, yeah, you're just a, just a good guy doing good work over there. I'm, I'm glad to work arm in arm with, with you and Lepanto in any way that, that, that you see fit or you see an opportunity for. I, I'm proud to know you. And thanks for joining me this Friday evening. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. This was a great time. And I look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. God bless you. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.